Digital transformation, automation, and artificial intelligence are all connected through their shared goal of optimizing business processes and decision-making capabilities. Now, together, they have the potential to bring about significant advancements that were once considered unattainable. Now, to add to all of this development is the notion of autonomy in artificial intelligence. And what do we have? A technology that can act without human intervention, input, or supervision. In this podcast for Future CIO, we are joined by Greg Staten, Senior Director of AI Solutions, Office of the CTO for Data and AI at Cohesity, who will guide us in our discussions on autonomous AI agents and the value these bring to the enterprise. Greg, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you so much, Alan. I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you about this. It's a very exciting topic. Indeed, Lou. Looking forward to it. Now, what exactly do we mean by enterprise autonomous AI agents? That's a mouthful, isn't it? So when when we're looking at what's happened over the last year with AI, large language models, you get this solution that can generate a net new output based upon on input. And so with things like ChatGPT, you're able to have a conversation with this black box on the other side of the internet. With AI agents, what we're able to do is leverage that kind of core concept and allow the agent to loop upon itself and reason upon itself to figure out what sort of action should be taken next. Now, if you kind of take that concept of a self-reasoning autonomous service or agent, pair it with the enterprise, you can start to allow these tools to operate a lot more efficiently and a lot faster on day-to-day operations within IT. Uh, how is this chat GPT or generative AI different from autonomous AI agents as well as retrieval augmented generation? Perhaps you can start with the last bit, RAG, and then bring us to generative AI and then mesh it all with autonomous AI agents. Oh, that's a great way to, to discuss this. So retrieval augmented generation or RAG for short is a really interesting concept. So, you know, we know about large language models, like I'd said before. A large language model is like an artificial human. You kind of give it that knows your language, your native language perfectly. You can ask it something, it's going to respond. It's going to generate something net new on the output. So with retrieval augmented generation is now I can provide additional context along with my query to this artificial human and get an answer. So where this benefits people like the enterprise, a solution like ChatGPT, it doesn't know about my business. It doesn't know about my internal processes, procedures, products, or kind of deep technical knowledge. So what I can do is if I can figure out a way to match, you know, small chunks of text and data that match my question, I can package all of that up for the language model and say, hey, language model, here's my question. Here's all of my research on this. Please use my research and answer my question. And so that's what retrieval augmented generation. It kind of breaks it down to those two parts. There's data retrieval, and then I'm augmenting my prompt or my input to that language model, and it's generating me a response. So it's a pretty slick way of being able to safely and securely leverage large language models with sensitive enterprise data, because that data doesn't get stored in the model. Your next line of questioning was, how do these two things kind of work together with autonomous AI agents? And that even gets it's more interesting. In our first question here, we talked about what an autonomous agent is. And this is an agent that has instructions to kind of loop upon, back upon itself, where for a given question, the 
agent's going to create a plan, and this plan could be multi-step. Within each step, it's going to kind of loop back across the agent and try to figure out how best to accomplish that plan and move forward. Now, if we provide additional tools to this agent, one of these tools could be a retrieval augmented generation process. This allows the agent to learn from data that doesn't exist in the model. So now these autonomous agents can act on data that they weren't trained on, data that's specific to your enterprise, data that you know, could be coming out of the internet, could be coming from real-time data streaming sources, and it can use that to help build and execute its plan. If I could ask you then, so for an enterprise, given all of what you said, what would be the the top three benefits or so of autonomous agents within the enterprise? And more importantly, especially when we start talking about emerging technologies, there's always this concern about people not wanting to implement things, not wanting to adopt to change how they do things. How would an autonomous AI agent change the workflow for functions that use this technology? The main benefit that enterprises see, and this is something that, that, that I say every time I talk to customers about this, is these tools help people reduce their time to action. So if you think about a given workflow, you can pick like a compliance or risk organization in an enterprise. When an inquiry comes in, they spend a lot of time identifying kind of the payload of that data that relates to the inquiry. Then a lot of people hours are spent digging through that. If I can have an autonomous agent that understands what I need to get out of my business, then it's able to act on that data and reason through that data a lot faster and a lot more efficiently than people can. So then now it's able to generate output summaries that then the people can go take further refine and build output reports. And so one of the common themes here is, you know, the data really is the key to all of this. I mean, and, and that's kind of where we at, at kind of at Cohesity trying to try to take that, that stance around these autonomous agents is managing secure, safe and governed access to that data is critical, which is, I think, the number one fear a lot of enterprises have around autonomous agents, AI, LLMs in their enterprise. It's securing that access to the data. One of the things that struck me when you were saying how an autonomous AI agent can do all of the mundane things that the humans would normally do to perform a specific task. But that also implies that as this technology becomes more proficient, there is that risk that it's going to take away the, the role, the function that these people used to have or would normally be doing. So from your perspective, perhaps we could look at it early stages and as the technology matures. How will autonomous AI agents interact? with humans and how do you see humans collaborating with these AI agents? There is a valid fear out there that, that the AI is going to take everybody's jobs. And I don't think that we're anywhere near close to that. I've tried to get the AI to replace developers by asking it to write me code. I've never had it successfully write me a full application uh, end to end. But really, it's the AI assisted or human in the loop, uh, which is kind of the best of both worlds where you can have the AI agent iterate and act upon a vast quantity of data. AI agents and large language models are great at summarizations, and it can summarize vast 
quantities of data and present these findings back up to humans. The humans within the organization know all of the intricacies of their organization, their compliance, their processes and procedures, what outputs are needed. And while, yes, you could train an AI to kind of handle that, the changing nature of the, as policies evolve and change within an organization, it becomes very costly to retrain and redeploy these AI agents. So the best of both worlds is that human in the loop to validate what the AI is doing so it doesn't kind of run off and do a whole bunch of things incorrectly, I really do think it's always going to be uh, an an AI-assisted kind of method. Let's talk about risk. As with all emerging technologies, there are always risks that uh, are associated with these things. What would you say are the biggest risks that organizations will have to contend with as they try to introduce this autonomous intelligence into their workflow? Uh, that's a good question. It's actually a lot of questions that, that customers ask me when we're talking to them about our solutions, literally every conversation. And so the things that I always talk to customers about is the very first thing before you bring these technologies into your environment and start to understand in detail with the technology risks, there's the organizational kind of foundations that need to be put in place. If people bring technologies in without cross-functional buy-in and without kind of cross-functional policies and procedures, around AI, LLMs, agents, they're going to be bound for failure. They're not going to be able to successfully deploy these tools. Uh, You do need buy-in across all functions, across all data owners. Now, once you kind of have that, you need to start looking back at the data. How can I get my hands around all of the data in the enterprise? How can I understand who has access to what and who should be able to access that data and which data should be allowed to go into the language models themselves? And so putting together a kind of a safe, secure, and governed uh, and responsible access layer to that data is going to be critical. The last thing an enterprise wants is sensitive data being used by one of their employees in an AI agent that they've downloaded and are running on their laptop from home because they're running out of time to do a presentation. If you provide these tools and safe and secure access to that data, I think you're going to be in very good shape. And that's kind of where we've focused at Coecity is doing that aspect of it because that's a huge risk. Now, you brought the idea of governance into this discussion. So how do organizations with their CIOs and IT teams and security teams as well ready their technology stack and data for being compatible or right for the deployment of autonomous AI agents? I think first they need to understand what data they have. Where does all this data live? And so there's a lot of tools that you need to be able to go out and scour your enterprise, understand what data lives where and who has access to it. The next thing you need to know, how many copies of that data are out there? Because more often than not, there's multiple copies of that data. And I think one of the biggest problems with AI agents and data is which version or copy of that data is the authoritative source. And so getting a good handle on the data is key. This is an an age-old problem in machine learning. It's data cleansing. It's, you know, going through identifying good, clean data, labeling that data, and kind of making it ready for the AI tools. This is the same thing as you have in the machine learning world. And so spending those times with the data, collecting it, kind of cleansing it, making sure you only have one copy, and that one copy is the authoritative copy, are are kind of the, the best preparations that you can do going into these technologies. You mentioned that word single 
copy of the data that, well, what they call it, single source of truth, right? Yeah. But as with most, how with most, uh, even within a function, say finance function or, or sales and marketing, copies of data persist because you have a lot of people working on the same project and you cannot use date stamps to identify the latest version because somebody may have worked on something and he or she may be the authority as far as that function is concerned. So he or she may have the last say as far as what, what the single source of truth is. But then you have other functions within reporting the manager who are constantly reviewing uh, around the data, making changes to it. Does that complicate the process of introducing autonomous AI and making sure that you trust what the autonomous AI is doing? Absolutely. I mean, that I think that is probably the, the biggest thing. And so you got to think about where you're pulling this data from. You know, I think everything you, you said there is true. But there's also one other thing that I think enterprises need to think about. If they're trying to prep data that's sitting in production, that data is changing. And so when they go through and they prep that data and they index that data for use of these tools, well, do they know at what point in time that data was pulled in? And then the next day, they're going to have change data in there. So it's, it's going to be out of date. And so you need to think about a data pipeline, about where this data can live to then go be used in these tools. And you want to be able to have known kind of snapshot point in times for that data. So you can say, I want to look at, you know, all of my sales transactions from last quarter. So it's a three-month window, beginning and end dates of the quarter, and all of the sales transaction data that, that happened there. And you can even say, I want to look at it from this quarter, and this quarter you know, is not over yet. But if you want to pick fixed points in time, you're able to make sure that you've bound that and that, that no data is changed. And so when you're looking at where you want to store and keep that source of truth data, you want to pick a platform that allows you to kind of maintain points in time and be able to look at data and look at data as it's changing. And so that's kind of, I think, one of the areas that, that I think they need to really kind of focus in on, if that makes sense. When an organization decides that it wants to introduce autonomous AI agents as part of its workflow, right? Who will be in charge of decision to introduce Ooh. this? And what sort of skill sets does that person or that organization need to have? Because as you said, the data is evolving. The technology also is evolving. How do you get a person to be, or an organization department to be authoritative as far as this technology is concerned and to be able to ensure that the data is constantly changing is always the right data that the autonomous AI agent is supposed to be working on. Yeah. I mean, we've seen kind of the growth and rise in the chief data officer here around a lot of large organizations, either a chief data officer or a chief data and AI officer. And these folks report at the senior level um, of the company, and they're kind of responsible for that data and AI strategy. And so they kind of sit as peers of all of the functional stakeholders. And those individual functions should be responsible for their data. Now, I think you also mentioned something that, you know, when you're looking at bringing these technologies in, the pace of innovation in this space has been staggering. I mean, these are 
the weeks where decades are made. There's so much innovation every week. How do you keep up and, and how do you make sure you're picking the right horse or the right solution? And I think that should fall under a single function who's responsible for that technology stack. And that should be managing the data, managing kind of the, the, the data indexing pipeline, and then managing the tool access for this. And if you kind of segment all of those features and, and if you plan this out well and make them all pluggable, the technology part can change. Like we said in the very beginning, the data is the key to all of this. And if you can get your data management and the secure availability of that data in that pipeline, you should be able to swap out tools as innovation changes. And if you have somebody at the top who's now responsible for all of that, you're going to have a lot easier time integrating these technologies and keeping up to date as they continue to advance. Because what's popular this week is going to be out of date next week. Very well said. Thank you for that. A last question I have for you, which is a multifaceted uh, question anyway. In my last roundtable discussion, some of the people that were in there, seen as decision makers that were in that loop were telling me that use cases are the things that are most important for them when deciding how AI will be introduced into their organization. And for that matter, some even argue that there are not that many use cases that are specific to certain functions or activities that organizations may need to do. Given that situation, uh, how should organizations, uh, uh, decision makers, go about identifying these uh, use cases? And uh, and finally, of course, uh, the last banner I'm going to throw at you is 2024 is here. As you said, it's it's an evolving landscape as far as the technology and, and so the use cases also will evolve over time. What can we expect in 2024? Woo, this, is a, this, is, this is a lot here. All right, let me go back to the very beginning of your question, use cases. So this is, I think, one of the another very important thing that, that organizations really need to, to, to keep in mind. Uh, the industry is littering the enterprise with advertisements, new startups, new initiatives, and, and they're just slapping the terms generative AI, gen AI, language models, chatbots all over. Nobody is really talking about what problems these solve. You know, pulling up a chat GPT window doesn't necessarily solve a business problem. And so... You know, we took a step back to say, hey, what are some key use cases that large enterprises are going to want to use this technology with? And if you remember, I had said earlier, the, there's two areas that, that we wanted to start with. And it was kind of like a compliance and e-discovery. And we, when we were doing our research at Coecity, we, we started to see that a lot of internal audit and compliance organizations spent a really long time with the initial kind of filtering of the data payload for a given compliance inquiry. Because IT would come back and give them, you know, way more data than they possibly need because IT didn't want to get blamed for not providing data. So they, they provide more than enough data. Um, probably years more. Uh, and then now there's people and some tools that have to go through all of that. And since we knew that large language models were great at summarization, we're like, hey, why don't we allow our customers to use the backup data? 
that already exists and language models to help them shorten that time. And so, so compliance and e-discovery were kind of our, our first forays into it. And we think that they're very good use cases. As I kind of look to the next set of use cases um, that are ne- not necessarily IT focused, it's around knowledge management, training, and enablement. If you look at like the worlds of information security and c- cybersecurity, there's a massive knowledge gap in the industry. The bad actors are accelerating at a far faster pace than the good guys out there. And there's a lot of evolving tools. So why not use generative AI to help anybody in an organization be able to use the tools and get answers to their questions to help protect their enterprise? And so with things like retrieval augmented generation and autonomous agents, you can help bridge that knowledge gap, knowledge management, training enablement, so that users can ask their own questions in their own native language, in their own native vernacular, whatever they're comfortable with, and get answers back to their questions. So I think those are some of the key use cases for now. And there's just the kind of the augmentation of tools. You know, why can't I just chat with my UI as opposed to have to navigate through it? That may evolve over time. We'll see. What should we expect given that technology uh, and practices and the data evolve? All three elements continue to evolve. And then you slap governance on top and makes even yeah. regulation makes even more complicated. What can we expect next year? It's just around the corner, you know. It is it's absolutely just around the corner, and I'm very excited for that. So if you think 2023, that was the year of the chat GPT or just the, the standalone large language model. As we progressed through the second half of this of 2023, we started to see the emergence of the autonomous AI agent. I think 2024 is going to be the year that, that autonomous AI agents kind of take over because they're able to interact with the world around them. You know, in the beginning, these agents are just going to be able to do simple things like do a simple web search on Google or interact with my email via the the co-pilots out there. But when an autonomous agent is going to be able to base its decisions based on not only the static data that we talked about in retrieval augmented generation, where these this data lives in an index and kind of is queryable. It's going to be able to interact with any other tool via understanding the system's REST APIs and go out and just interrogate what the APIs are and be able to, to interact with them on the fly without any additional training or be able to interact with real-time streaming data. So I think the autonomous agent is going to become more useful as we build more tools for it. It can use the input from the world around it to help solve problems. And I think that's going to be a huge benefit to the world of information security. It's going to be a huge benefit to the world of like infrastructure management. The agents can interpret signals a lot faster and help fix things a lot faster for, for their customers. Yeah, I just thought I needed to ask this question I wanted to ask earlier on uh, budgets. As a CIO or perhaps if it's the chief data officer who's responsible for bringing in this autonomous agents into the organization, to the workflow, how do they budget for something that is at this stage still emerging, that there's still a lot of unknowns, limited experiences on how it's being used and how it may eventually be used within the organization. Is there a number that can say, hey, this is how much it's going to cost you? Because <laughs> nobody really knows, at least not no. the executives I've spoken to anyway. No, no, I think I would like to make a joke and say, spend all of the money that you have on this. But I think that's not practical at all. I think what they need to do, and, and you hit the nail on the head, Alan, use cases. 
before buying a tool or bringing in a technology, understand what problem you're solving and try to quantify that in today's world without autonomous agents. Like, how much are you spending on compliance and e-discovery? How long does that take? What sort of benefits do you get if you cut that cycle time down 10x? Do you, you know, what is that worth to you as a business owner or a functional owner? So if you look at those use cases and try to quantify back to the savings you get out of it, I think that's worth spending the money on. And so, you know, it, there's probably not one number. I think it really comes back to, again, that use case. Don't buy into the hype coding of, of generative AI and AI agents. Really go back to core business principles. Understand the use case you're solving for. Quantify how much that savings means to you as a business. And then take a portion of that and buy some tools. One last question. You said the word buy those tools. Technical debt. With cloud, there's been a recent spate of pushback from finance the, regarding how much they're spending on cloud, which has in the old days when you had Capex, you know how much your budget is. Yes. You have, yes. you literally have a cap on it. But when we move to the cloud, OPEX really means, uh, almost unlimited <laughs> until yes. somebody starts yes. asking questions. With AI, are we going to expect a similar pushback eventually as the technology and the use around it starts to mature within the organization? I'm sure. I'm sure we will. Just like with cloud computing, I think people are going to rush to kind of AIify their application or their enterprise, and they're going to make mistakes along the way, and they're going to incur technical debt. If you look at the way cloud, do we move to the cloud? What a lot of people did was take their on-prem application stack and just pick it up and port it directly to the cloud. Cloud vendors loved that because it was very expensive, but you need to modernize your application. And so by making things modular, you're going to be able to optimize for cost. And the heaviest asset in all of this is the data. And so having a solid data management strategy for the AI tools, that's where you're going to spend most of your money. And if you can spend time putting together a strategy around managing data and managing the safe, secure, responsible, and governed access to that data, the money you're going to spend on the tools is pennies on the dollar compared to that data. But I know people are going to rush to it and they're going to just port things directly up. And then in a two, three years, we're going to have the same cloud cycle again. Thank you for the insight. And again, thank you for making sure that we understand. We start with data management. Greg, thank you for joining us on Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you so much, Alan. It was a lot of fun. That was Greg Staden, Senior Director of AI Solutions, Office of the Chief Technology Officer on Data and AI at Cohesity on the topic of the value of enterprise-grade autonomous AI agents. You are listening in the podcast for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Bye for now.